0: Welcome to the opportunity for a personal spiritual growth experience with the Sue Curran Podcast, a podcast all about leading you into understanding the ways and heart of God. Pastor Sue shares from her decades of experience as a founding pastor, author, teacher, and world missionary. The goal is that you receive practical spiritual insights that you can apply to your life at home, church, and place of business. And now, your host, Dr. Sue Curran. Welcome back to the Sue Curran Podcast. Today, you are going to hear the second part of my conversation with our special guest. Now, you don't want to miss the first part of our conversation. So if you haven't listened to it, please pause the episode and go back now. And now, part two of my conversation with our special guest. You and I had had a conversation earlier talking a little bit about the youth in the church and not wanting to lose the youth you know we've lost generations of young people in the past several years we really have and yeah. it's been so in America now pastors know this but they don't know what to do about it and uh, I, I heard some things on a Steve Strang podcast okay yeah and I wanted to share that with our our audience And I think that we can really get some ideas. I like it when, when something is really working and it's a solid thing, when uh, the people involved in it will take the time to share it with others. You know, in the first place, you know, there's so much happens in Asia and Africa, you, you can't even keep up with it. You think you've heard the latest thing and and if you don't hear about it in 10 years, when everything in the world can happen. You know, we, we heard about a man named Ataboye. The African names are quite a challenge, but if, yes. you go, if you go in your bedroom and practice them a while, then you can talk about them when you get in public. But this man named Ataboye, you know, for a long time, the only person we had to talk about with a huge church was Yonge Cho. Now I don't know how many he still has in his church, uh, as I've heard about him through the years he's he's had about eight hundred thousand, something close to a million and And there's a lot to be learned from him. he's He's written some books, and he writes about prayer. He makes he says prayer is is the central thing, and it's the whole key to revival. And he brought them into revival through prayer especially 1980 and 1990. But I learned something about his church that really surprised me, which I, I want to share with us in a few minutes. But I wanted to tell you about this man, Ataboye. He's in Nigeria, pastors at a local denomination called the Redeemed Church of God. Of all things, Debbie, I ended up in a in a meeting with it was a number of black churches. And they asked me if I would, if I would mind to go to one of their churches and speak that morning, it turned out to be one of these redeemed church of God churches. Okay. And what was so funny, what was funny about it was at the time, now this probably was 10 years ago or something, but I felt to preach that they needed to get out with what they had had in what they'd learned in Nigeria. And she, it was in the Atlanta area. Uh-huh. And they, and they needed to uh, share that truth because I said, don't, don't stay cooped up here in this nice church uh, situation. Even no longer than they had been here, they had, taking on the American idea wow! Of, you know, just not giving themselves to reaching out. Like that church is, um, and they preach something like uh, that their vision is to, first of all, to go to heaven. And secondly, to take as many people with you as possible. <laughs> wow. It's very simple like that, you know.
1: yeah.
0: Here's the, here's the thing I wanted to tell you. It's just mind blowing they have a, they have each year they have a conference a convention where they like to teach all of their leaders and they bring their pastors in for teaching and they have over a million people that will be there at that wow you know how many pastors they had 40,000 whoa so this this just seemed to happen overnight while I wasn't looking. I didn't realize. Well, I knew that they have a meeting on on one Friday night a month. They have the miracle meeting, and a lot of miracles happen there. I listened okay. to it one time on my computer, and um, they have they have a lot of miracles. is is really tremendous, uh, but a million people will come to that meeting on that Friday night in one place, it was, it's so big they can't have a building with a roof over it. It's just out in the open, but but they've got something to signify that it is a building. (laughs) And this is the place where it is. It's mostly, it's mostly just chairs, you know, but they do whatever they have to do. Uh, to provide for the people and to get and, and I haven't been to Nigeria, but I've been with Nigerians and, uh, <clears throat> you know, they'll, they'll dance for an hour and then dance for another hour. They, <laughs> they, they're, they're really turned on to God, but they're not messed up with church entity. You know, okay. They're, they're into, to doing uh, whatever it takes. So, uh, but this is the thing that I wanted to share with the audience is we think somehow that when people like young Cho, when they establish a church and it was sort of born in a blaze and they know how to pray and that, you know, they're going to keep, they're going to find a way to keep their young people. It's not going to be like a promise that people have. But, you know, uh, in, in a 30-year period of time, it, it, it was like this. They were, they were keeping about 1.7% of the young people that they had. And in, during that revival period of time, uh-huh. that number went up to 30%. 30% wow. of their young people. You know what happened? Over a 30-year period that number went down lower than it was before to where it was 1.5. Now uh, uh, that was uh. both discouraging and encouraging to me. It, it proved that we haven't searched hard enough yet to find the rest of the story of, of what will keep our young people uh, involved. Oh, and, and by the way, um, when I was listening to this about uh, Steve Strang, he had Ron Luce. You know who he is? Oh yes,
1: yes, okay. the choir the fire. Yes.
0: Well, he well he's the one that he came he came up with this plan okay. uh, um, that would uh, keep young people. Now, I'm I'm talking about this at this particular time because people have the idea. Well, the church is never going to be the same. Some people do. And uh, just just don't expect to get a lot of people in the church anymore. And uh, he's saying, yes, we can keep these people that we're bringing to church. We've just got to change some of our ways of doing things. And so he told about this, um, he told about finding only 1.5%, uh, but he said there's 12 churches in uh, Nigeria that are using this new plan that we've okay. come up with and it. And it's tremendous how they've been able to keep the younger people. He fact, he says, uh, there's a church in, um, Indonesia, um, that the average age <laughs> of the people in the church is 21.
1: Whoa. <laughs> yeah. we love that pastor? <laughs> Wouldn't that be
0: nice? <laughs> and, um, but of course, on this podcast, we don't have time to go into his plan and everything, but it's, but it's basically discipling them. Okay. And this, this, is, this is the thing where we're really failing in, and we choose one person and that person, you know, to be a youth pastor or something. And then the young people so attach to the youth pastor that when the youth pastor leaves, then sometimes the young people feel like they don't have a pastor anymore. So we've got to be very careful uh, keeping people looking to the pastor of the church while they're shepherded by other people. I, you know, that's an important thing as well.
1: Yes, ma'am. I would I would think that is, you know, a key to yeah. helping the young people really be able to transition and Even in what they are taking in, that they're identifying with the discipleship, as you've mentioned, um, Pastor, instead of just a person. You know, it has to be connected and always pointed back to the Lord Jesus Christ.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think I think we're going to have to. To see uh, that we are going to have to give ourselves to young people. In order, uh you know, they they will respond if you if you if you spend time. As I sometimes have gotten involved with young people, they'll just call you in the middle of the day. I mean, they just seem to be free anytime, you know. Yeah. And they they just they just call you and just want to chat about something because they have nothing else to do. I I had one call me hadn't hadn't been saved too long. He said, "I just wanted to ask you." I mean, what would a a person who, like me, who really wants to be a Christian, what should he be doing right now? Wow. (laughs) What a a question, whereas adults are always saying, oh, I'm so busy, I don't have time for anything. Could be we could take some of these young people and put them in a lot of of places and get a lot of things done because they have the time to do it. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. (laughs) So I wanted you to know about that, that um, <clears throat> that these kinds of things are going on, even though uh, 10,000 churches have closed in South Korea in the past 10 years. 10,000.
1: Wow, wow, wow. wow. Yeah. I did not realize that. Past yeah,
0: year. yeah. And so, yeah. you know, if you don't, of course, you know, uh, Yangi Cho is retired now.
1: Yeah.
0: I think he's been retired for about five years. And his his son fell upon some um, difficulties that had to be uh, dealt with, and I felt very sorry for Cho in it. But, but those things will will affect anybody, no matter yeah. what. But he's but he has been so. Um, well, I've always, I always wanted to see a church that just seemed to have no limits. And and this was certainly one. It just kept growing. And you remember remember when the Lord told him the men didn't want to lead small groups. And so he told him to um, use the women. They were, Uh they were willing to do it. And he said, what am I hearing? This must be some American devil. I can't believe God (laughs) would say this. (laughs) And, uh, and, and think of that, to this day, those, those groups are still very largely led by women. You know yeah. what? We've got to open up about women. We've got to open up about young people. I, I just think that there, there are different areas uh, where the church has been really bound by tradition. So true. And if, and if we don't get out of those areas, Another area we had to open up in this uh, worship. Uh. You know, and a, a lot of people lost a lot of young people because um, they couldn't make any change at all in their worship. Well, you know, you, you don't have to be, <laughs> thank God, you don't have to be um, a hard rock Rock and roller of some kind, but you do have to move out of of uh, music that was used mostly fifty and sixty years ago into something, just something that they can relate to. And that's right, Pastor. And just let them see that um, that you want to give them something that will. I know Debbie down down at your church that. You you folks, are you you include your younger people, don't you, in bringing them into playing instruments and all that?
1: Oh, yes, as much as we can. And, um, you know, we enjoy having our young people on the platform leading worship. We've had times where, you know, we just have a a night where the youth do the service, you know, just let them. Uh, do the worship, let them bring the message. And we want to encourage them, you know, to serve the purpose of God in their generation, just like David did.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, if they, if as young people we start bringing them into that, then you're not going to run out of people through the years you know, that can, can be leaders. And some, some people only have people a certain age and those people just get older. And then after a while they can't do it anymore.
1: That's true, pastor. And I'm glad you said that because some of the kids that have been at our church from junior church, and then they went through youth and now they are some of our elders and some of the very People that are leading worship and that are ministering behind the pulpit because of the fact that they they were raised up. They had opportunity to minister according to what God had put in their heart. And and so you're so very right. It's it's thrilling to look around that some of the pillars in our church now are those that were in children's church.
0: And then something now <clears throat> what I have taught through the years is um we we have children's church but we have the children to be with us in our worship time okay now, now for our audience here's the reason for that if they don't have adults to pattern after if they're always worshiping with children uh they don't have any pattern but children worship you see and, but if but if you have them in worshiping with the adults, they see adult ways to worship. Yeah. Like they're not ever. They're probably not going to hear a prophetic word <laughs> from the children, for example. But <laughs> right. if, but if right. they're in the, although we we have done that a few times, we were uh, in one of our conferences. I've heard Tompkins wrote about this in a, in a book that she wrote that, um, you know, we were in revival then. And, uh, so there, there was, um, the children learned, they learned to get in there and pray with us in a prayer meeting. And, um, and they, they wanted to do things like singing the song of the Lord or, if they, if they could bring a prophetic word. It didn't happen often, but this was during a conference. And uh, we had a lot of people there. And Iverna says in her book um, that this little boy, I think he was about, it was four or five. And he came and asked for the microphone <laughs> and she said, I said, oh, no, she's going to let this child ruin the service, he said to <laughs> herself. <laughs> and I gave him the, the microphone. And he, he brought this little, it uh, wasn't too long, but it was a little prophetic word um, about what the Lord wanted to do during this conference and so forth and so on. And he told me later. I wanted to sing the song of the Lord, but they quit playing about that time. I think they were flabbergasted, you know? (laughs) And so, uh, you know, many people in their churches have never had fun things like that happen when they worship, because everything is so nailed down, you know, and uh, always certain people have to do certain things, you know, in a certain wonderful way. But I have found that the other thing that would happen is that in our prayer meetings, uh, we couldn't hear their voices when they would try to pray out a prayer that could be heard. And so someone would say, I'd like to make space for Billy to pray. (laughs) and Some adult would say this. And so then everybody would get quiet and Billy would pray and then the others would go back to praying. So it was it was okay, and sometimes if they were old enough, they'd read a scripture before they okay. pray So you- see if you just if you just uh, let them have some room, that's uh, right to experience some things. If you don't, then I don't then we can't expect them to start doing adult things uh, just be- because they get to that age, you know, actually, they're too afraid uh, to even try it. (laughs) So I'm glad glad to hear that, um, uh, that you, you can trace young people's lives all the way from children's church and then, you know, into your worship team or preaching or whatever.
1: Yes. Yes, ma'am. It is. And, and that goes to make your point pastor. And that is you at Shekinah in, in revival and the things that God has done and God is still doing that. You made room, you allowed them to have a voice as they were beginning to hear the voice of the Lord, just like Samuel, you know, he began to hear the voice of the Lord. He didn't even realize he was hearing, but through the direction, through the instruction of the priest. You know, Eli, he was able then to allow the spirit of the Lord to really begin to groom him for what God had for him and what he had in store.
0: Well, you know, uh, once we get it across to people, there's not an adult Holy Spirit and a children's Holy Spirit. There's just the Holy Spirit. And we have a list of the things that the Holy Spirit will do. amen, in, amen. John, in john 16 you know uh uh-huh. he's, he's going to reveal jesus and various things he he will take the things of jesus and make them real to us now have you ever thought of this debbie that there are things then that he has declared the holy spirit will do and really um Jesus won't do them. It's something that only the Holy Spirit will do. Therefore, if we don't let the Holy Spirit wow. do these things, then they won't be done. It's amazing, isn't it? And I, I find that uh, if, we, um, if we will just trust the Lord and if we, and if we step out in faith, and begin to listen. Uh, Dr. Pickett did some beautiful teaching on um, how the Holy Spirit would begin to speak and you would hear him. But it, it would be a voice that you might not recognize until you get used to him. Uh, but without letting the Holy Spirit speak, then there's got to be... Um, some understanding uh, that h- how are we going to get the voice of God in the church or, or how is God going to move in the church? In the end, it's just going to be us talking. So that's that's the hard thing about it is to realize that only the Holy Spirit can do certain things and he will do those things if we give him time and room to do them. You've been listening to the Sue Curran podcast. Join us next time as Dr. Curran shares more insights through interviews and teachings geared to help you grow in your relationship with the true and living God and function in a more productive and powerful way.